Good morning, everybody, and welcome. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8, and 88 right across Australia, depending on where you are in the amazing country we call home. This is Positively Different Radio with Monica and Lyle, and this is the Breakfast Show. And my breakfast is uh, pretty unexciting this morning. <laughs> Your breakfast looks disgusting. <laughs> it doesn't look very appetizing, it's does like it? Green diarrhea. Yeah. <laughs> Lyle, how am I supposed to drink it now. This is day two of my 30-day juice fast. Actually, I'm, sure it, I'm sure it tastes much better than it yeah, looks. Yeah, yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. It's not as good as the fruity ones because I try and do lots of veggie juices to, you know, keep the sugar down. Um, but I, I treat myself with a fruity one towards the end of the day. I think it I actually looks a lot more like Martian blood. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the chia seeds in it sort of make it look a bit weird. They just, just like make it frog spawn. Yeah, and, and <laughs> d- give it that jelly kind of like. Well, this yep. is day two. However, our dear listeners are listening to it on day three of my juice fast because oh. this is a delayed broadcast. So how are you doing on day three of your juice fast? I don't know. Ask me tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so if you want to listen to the live show, then you'll have to listen to us on faithfm.com.au or by using the TuneIn app, which we tell you about every morning. Why don't you get it, guys? Yeah, they're both Come so on. easy. On the Move website, you just press play. And on the TuneIn app, you just download that and then you look up Faith. FM Australia and then you also just press play and then you can have a perfect clear signal wherever you go all over the world you don't even have to be in Australia so much better than using the uh, listening to the delayed broadcast Mm, because you can actually join in you can ask the question of the day which will answer live on the show oh good question of the day came in today too such a good question I really enjoyed it able to control people Mm, yeah good question that and then you can also answer the quiz and get the prize and you can be in the running for our free giveaway because we give away stuff and you have to be the first person to call through, which is... And you had the opportunity, mm-hmm. if you'd have been listening to the live show, to call in and tell us what kind of strange creatures you have seen in your bedroom. Mm-hmm. And then today we, had a, we also have... Yeah, um, a story coming up about that. Adele doing an interview with uh, Lloyd Grolleman. Oh, yes. a great part of the show today. The Aussie pastor. Mm-hmm. And then, great to have a celebrity on the show for a change. And we've started our new uh, Encounter with God topic. We're really excited about that. So you can join in with us and 20 million other people who are doing the same Bible study every day. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Very awesome. Join a global movement by joining us here on Faith FM. We have some great programming, some lovely songs happening as well, and uh, we hope you enjoy it. Mm, we're also going to talk about Star Wars. Oh, yeah, Star Wars, that's right. Star Wars, real Star Wars, and futuristic Star Wars coming up in the news segment and the Bible study segment, so stay tuned for that. We're going to have a song break now. This is Alison Book with the Revelation song, which is quite fitting considering Signs of the Times. It all comes down to
was Alison Brooke with the Revelation Song here on Faith FM. And Monica, what are you going to be talking about today here on Positively Different Radio? Well, first of all, I'm going to hit you with the quiz. Oh, I forgot about the quiz. Do you know what? This is, this is a really easy one. You're going to okay. get this so quickly. Right. But do you know what? It's not for you. It's for our listeners. So. All right. Okay, this is a Who Am I quiz, and the first clue is, I prayed, all this disaster has come upon us, yet we have not sought the favor of the Lord our God by turning from our sins and giving attention to your truth. Yeah, that's a slightly different translation than what I'm used to. But you know who it is, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, fine. If you think you know who that is, who was it that That's prayed that prayer? That's a particularly easy one. It, it, but do you know what? It's such an easy person that they've just gotten really remote clues to start oh, off Oh, okay. So yeah. it's not so obvious to begin with because it gets very obvious very <laughs> soon. Yep. So the prayer that this person prayed, all this disaster has come upon us, yet we have not sought the favor of the Lord our God by turning from our sins and giving attention to your truth. Who prayed that prayer? If you think you know the answer, give us a call. 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. Or you can text us 0491-064-669. You can even just message us on Facebook if that's easier for you. And we will send you the prize, which today is a Soyan Eastham CD, The Journey of the Spirit. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, we had her on here for an interview um, some days ago. Yeah, we did. And uh, yeah, just a fantastic story. And uh, yeah, good to be able to share her Music, she has just amazing mm. skills. She's incredible, incredible, blessed and talented musician. And this, yeah. the, what was the um, the premise of this album? Was uh, I guess it's in the title, Journey of the Spirit. Yeah, so it starts, it, it, it takes you on a journey from one song to the next. It takes you on a journey of, um, of spirituality. Mm. And yeah. uh, they're all original compositions of um, classic hymns. So they're very beautiful songs. We play her stuff on our station quite a yeah, bit, we do. don't we? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. So if you yeah. would like a copy of the Soyon Eastern CD, just answer the quiz. We'll give some more clues out in our next few segments and then give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM. Now, Lyle. Yes. What are we talking about today? Do you know what the top oil producing nation is? The top oil producing nation, thinking somewhere Middle East? Definitely Middle Eastern. (laughs) Uh, UAE? No. Mm, Saudi? Yes. Okay. So Saudi Arabia is the world's top oil producing nation and they're about to shift gears. Really? Yeah. They've been shifting gears a few times lately. Well, they're going to shift them some more. They are aiming to become the world's largest solar power producer, which makes sense because they're one of the sunniest countries on the planet. Yes, I have a friend who was uh, a missionary there for many, many years, and he told me a story one time about how it started to rain, and all of the children 10 years and under completely freaked out of their (laughs) minds because they had never seen rain. It had been seven years since it had rained there before. I would, were they even like running out in the street? They had, no, no, no. They had. They were terrified. They had no idea what was oh. happening because there was water coming out of the sky, and it was just like, you know, because nobody talks about rain. Mm-hmm. It's not something that factors mm-hmm. into their life, and you know, it's just, uh, it's just insanity. And then I had, uh, I had a landlord who became a good friend of mine, who worked there for ten years, and he was telling me, you know, re- regularly hitting fifty degrees. Whoa! Yeah, you think we had some hot weather yesterday? Yeah, thirty-seven. That makes it look mild. Yeah, regularly hitting the fifty-degree mark, and so Saudi is. Yeah, they've got a lot of sunshine there. Wow, I just those precious. Of course, the heat Mm -hmm. counteracts the sunshine somewhat. Okay, so solar panels are much more effective in cold weather. 
Really? Which is why uh-huh. in Tasmania solar panels can be so effective during winter when you have a short day, but it's a cold day. That's so interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that because the heat, what makes it like expand and I don't know how it works, something. but uh, my brother runs a uh, a large communications business in um, Tasmania, where a lot of it is run by you know remote solar. sites, which, yeah. is, which is solar sites. And and he was explaining because I'm thinking, well, how do you get on in winter when you got such a short day? It's like, oh yeah, but they're cold days, so you get more electricity out of it. You had solar panels on your roof until recently, didn't you? Uh, no. Didn't you have like the hailstorm that shoved some holes uh, in it? Ah, yes. That was a different kind of solar panel. Oh. That was solar heating for my pool. Oh, no. <laughs> and so now if I switch my pool heater on, all of the pool comes out of my roof, runs into my gutters and goes into my tanks. <laughs> no. So we get to drink pool water. <laughs> Yuck. Okay. Well, Saudi Arabia, they uh, have just announced a project um, to build a massive solar solar system, um, solar power project. Uh, it's going to have the capacity to produce up to 200 gigawatts. Uh, they're aiming to have that finished by 2030. And this would add around 400 gigawatts of globally installed solar power capacity and is comparable to the world's total nuclear power capacity of around 390 gigawatts. Well, there you go. And this is interesting because last year was the first year that more money was spent building renewable energy electricity infrastructure than uh, non-renewable. For the yeah. first time ever. Yeah, which is good. So this uh, this all goes together. It's all, all, all good for the uh, good for the environment. I'm starting to get the I'm starting to get the impression that you're a bit of a greenie, you know. Well, it's just that so much of the good news that we get is is greeny good news. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? But yeah, it's um. Do you know? Do you want to know the cost of this project though? How much is it? They can afford it, of course. It's an oil yeah. country. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> the initial phase will be about five billion dollars. Oh, is that all? But the total, two. the total sum is $200 billion. Oh, my goodness me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, there you go. But Talking about green things. Talking yes. about green things. Can I? Yeah, oh, you, you want to no, tell no, more no, about this on, story? No, go on. <clears throat> this is, this is, this is a, a, an amazing story. This will blow your mind. Mm-hmm. Um, because something green landed on my wife's face at 4.30 this morning. You know what it was? <laughs> A large green tree frog. It landed on her face. On her face while she was sleeping. (laughs) Oh, poor Shell. Did she have a heart attack? No, she didn't. She was just like vaguely kind of Uh stirred and woke up and there was these big ploppers that hit the floor, which I then heard. And she's like, I think something landed on my face. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so surprised you didn't scream. No, she was too tired, too out yeah. of it to scream. Uh-huh. I think it was sort of just vaguely became a part of her dream. You know, she's like, yeah, it felt like a a blob of wet tissue landed on my <laughs> face. Well, see, this is now you might understand why I didn't scream that time I woke up when there was a rat crawling across my face because you're so out of it, you don't really have it together enough to react. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever had something crawl across your face in the middle of the night? Was it a frog? Was it a rat? Was it something else? Yeah, give us a call. 1-800-324-843 or send us a text message 0491064669. We would love to hear your experience or just throw it up right there on Facebook. <laughs> and our apologies to Shell and our apologies to the frog. I'm uh, not the frog, sure. The frog sh- ended up outside where he was much more happy. I'm not sure which one would have been more frightened. <laughs> Can you imagine the frog being like, what is this I've landed on? How did it even get inside? Probably through the laundry. No, the um, bathroom window, right? Yes, bathroom window is currently missing a screen. But mm. anyway. Well, let me quickly tell you about something else that's good news. 
So you may be soon able to measure water pollution levels simply by taking a photo. Oh, really? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. With your iPhone? Yeah, with the smartphone. Smartphone. So it's a, it's a project being developed by scientists and ecologists ecologists in six different countries it's a it's a, it's a technology called the monocle um it's a you can attach a phone camera and it measures the water pollution um what the water water's level of pollution sorry in a single photograph so um it's it's called ispex is pex attachment so if you're into water or into swimming in you know weird bodies of water you're not quite sure what's happening you should get one of these and uh yeah you can just take a picture and and it comes through and it does a little um little graph for you and tells you it's safe and so with this whole um does it does it does it tell you whether you can drink it or not? Does it tell you this is drinkable water or swimmable water or don't touch water? Ah, uh, yep, yep. It measures the pollution and then tells you whether or not that's considered safe and or disease and that kind of stuff as well. Yeah, which is great because you can imagine going to a third world country with this kind of technology. Oh yeah, I've been to many um, developing countries and you know I usually take a filter with me so that I can filter the water. Mm-hmm. Um, either that or buy bottled water, but even still, I like to filter water when I'm overseas. I think the question, though, is because, you know, if I was looking at some sort of scungy-looking lake, right, and I wanted to have a swim, and I whipped out my new technology and took a picture and it told me it was safe, I don't know whether I'd still be able to trust it because I'm like, <laughs> what if it's malfunctioning? <laughs> I'd still be a little bit scared to get in that water, I reckon. <clears throat> Yeah, I've always I've always judged swimming water by what it looks like, and if it looks reasonable, it's like yeah, jump in. And if it doesn't look reasonable, it's like yeah, not. I usually judge it by what the locals are doing. If the locals get in the water, then it's cool. If they're not, then I'm not interested either. But the locals might be immune to the bugs that are already there, whereas you know, if you've travelled yeah, in from somewhere yeah. else, then you <laughs> might not be immune. Alrighty, we're going to have a song break. This is Andrew Peterson with Kane and Bound, and we'll be after that with some serious news stories from Lyle. Yes, we're going to be talking about Star Wars coming Ooh. right up.
You were listening to Andrew Peterson with Canon Bound, the story of Abraham and Sarah in song. Beautiful song right there. What's our next clue for our quiz there, Mon? Who am I? I so distinguished myself from the other officials that the king planned to set me over the whole kingdom. Well, there you go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you think you know the answer, 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. Or text us 0491-064-669. And we will send you the prize of a Soyan Eastern CD. Journey that's a pretty easy clue because there wasn't really that many people in the Bible who became prime ministers of empires, was there? were there? No. Yeah. No. Okay, so that makes it uh, a rather easy clue. And don't forget, let us know what you're grateful for. 1-800-324-843. Or text us 0491-064-669. Shoot us a message on on Facebook. Also, we would love to hear from you this morning. What is the strangest thing you have encountered in your bedroom at night? Mm-hmm. So Monica has had a rat run across her face. Uh-huh. And Shell had a frog land on her face last night in the middle of the night. So that's my wife. <laughs> What's the strangest thing that you have ever encountered in the middle of the night? Let us know. We would love to hear. What about you? What have you had in Canada? I was just thinking that I've had a few different, uh, you know, the usual mosquitoes and spiders, mm-hmm. um, ants, I think only insects that I can think of mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in my bedroom. Okay. Yeah. What about in dream? <laughs> yeah, well, let's not, even, let's not even, no, dreams don't count. <clears throat> don't call us up with your dreams, they don't count. We want to know what you actually came across. Okay, so I want to talk about Star Wars this morning. Uh-huh. And they say that reality copies art mm-hmm. and of course art has been talking about Star Wars for many many years and there's a whole you know series of Star Wars out there and you know, Star Wars and Star Trek and Star this and Star the other and yep. you know, all those sci-fi movies uh, right now the laws for space warfare are currently being written are you serious and guess who's writing them is it George Lucas? No. <laughs> Not George Lucas. We are here in Australia. They're being written right here in Australia. And oh. guess what the laws are called? Uh, space Wars? The Woomera the Manual. Woomera Manual. The Woomera Manual. That actually sounds really cool. Yeah, it's an Aboriginal word. Oh, okay. Yeah. Actually, that doesn't surprise me. But who's writing them? Is it Australians that's writing them? Australians, British and Americans. Wow. So somehow, I'm not quite sure how, we are the ones who get to decide what you're allowed to do when you go to war and what you're not allowed to do when you go to war in space. Okay, so just one question. Is this when we all go to war together? I mean, all go to space together and have a war up there amongst ourselves or is it when we encounter aliens and have war with them? It's war with ourselves. So it's not war with aliens, it's war with ourselves that they're writing about. It'd be interesting to see what kind of laws they came up with in relationship to war against aliens. Would they bend the rules? Would they allow chemical warfare against aliens but not against humans? I just, I just think this is so silly. I think I, it, it to it's, me the whole concept of writing laws for something as as, as brutal and evil as war mm. just seems bizarre. I think it's crazy that we. The we're, whole purpose of war is to kill, right? Yeah, and conquer. <sighs> anyway. That's what we do as human beings. We try, let's, let's kill people in a civilized way. It's just so can, There's no such thing as a civilized way of killing we've someone. We've barely grazed space travel and already we're like, oh, hang on, hang on. Let's have a fight while we're up there. Quick, let's write some laws so we can yeah, get how, that rolling. How many years have we been in space for? Oh, this is so, this is humans. We need it to is get a it sign together. of the times. The Bible says wars and rumors of wars. And now we have rumors of wars in space. The Chinese have already shot a satellite out of space. <gasps> what? Blew it up. 
it was, this what, is it was one of their own. It wasn't working anymore. And they're like, yeah, let's test out our space rocket. So they did. Wow. Yeah. And now, of course, it just exploded and filled the whole space with all kinds of space junk, which is now floating around. Oh, and that's the stuff that almost hit Australia. And we were all concerned that the world was going to end for us Aussies. Um, yeah, there was some space junk that... Uh, I was about to ask you whether or not you thought like space wars was even going to be possible. And now you're telling me that China's already... Oh, yeah, it's already been done. And, of course, um, the, the Russia and the United States both have weaponry for attacking objects in space. So if you think about it, you think about how much uh, communication, surveillance, early warning systems and navigation takes place via satellite. If you were to wipe out the satellites that another nation was relying on mm. for, you know, effectively wipe out the communication, surveillance, early warning and navigation, you've crippled that, that nation's military capability. That's kind of scary. No, yeah. think about it. And so that's highly motivating to have a space force. Mm-hmm. So where you've got uh, Air Force, you now have Space Force. And so this is what various countries are developing is actually their space forces. I always thought you said space fort. And I'm like, oh, a fort in space. <laughs> <laughs> yes, a rocket proof place in space. I was going to say, like, maybe they should just do all our warring up in space because I don't think you're going to get that many soldiers up there. So it'd be maybe a less, you know, human lives lost. Actually, if they that's just not such do, a bad idea. Just take it to space, guys. Just leave the, leave the earth alone. Just take it away. Yeah, take it outside. Take yeah, it outside. That's right. Take it outside. Walk <laughs> it off in space. <laughs> and they can all just do it with their little remote controls and then people don't have to die. They can yeah. just blow into this, like... Satellite dishes up. I can turn it into um, expensive computer games. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Which is kind of what warfare has become anyway. Yeah. A lot of warfare is fought from a, uh, with a computer and a joystick. But hang on. If they blow up our satellites and stuff, is that going to mess around with my Wi-Fi? Uh-huh. Oh, man. <laughs> There's a collateral damage. The world would become about. a better place. <laughs> yeah, uh, our Facebook addictions would be taken care of overnight. <laughs> problem solved right there. Okay, so we are involved in writing the manual for that, otherwise known as the Woomera Manual. Now, let's move on to another subject, and that is the subject of the flu. How often do you get the flu each year, Mon? Uh, once every few years, I reckon. You're doing well. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a good thing. I get thing. very angry about the flu. Oh, really? Yeah. I just, so you get I the just, flu and you're just like, makes you mad and angry. And you're like, yeah. Like as soon as I start getting the symptoms, I get so irate that I might be getting the flu that I just, I go into like full panic mode and I start like eating whole cloves of garlic and downing lemons and oranges and turmeric. And then by the time I've like bombarded my body with natural therapies, like the flu's gone the next day. Like it just packs up and heads so out. You just, so I don't is, mess this around with the flu. flu warfare. So now yeah. we have Space yeah. Force, Air Force and <laughs> Flu Force. Yeah. yeah, I don't mess around with that flu. Watch out when Mon is catching the flu. Don't come anywhere near her because whatever it is she's eating will kill all the flu bugs and likely kill you as well. Okay, so flu, flu is spread obviously through, through droplets and there are two kinds of droplets. There are the droplets that come out of your nose and mouth and fall to the ground around and you then touch them gross and you get the flu mm-hmm. um, and then there are the aerosol ones that come out of your mouth or nose when you breathe and spread all over the place and they remain airborne for a long time and there's a lot of debate as to which one of these two actually causes the most damage and the most infection but is that kind of set time of season isn't it where we need to be looking after our health and um, the well, flu is, is it it seems like an eternal summer. Well, it's supposed to be that <laughs> it's time of the year. supposed to be flu season. supposed to be flu season. I wonder season. if this will prolong the start of flu season. 
Well, you know, maybe it will. Yeah. Do you know what actually, and in fact, you know why flu hits harder during winter? Why? Well, we always, you know, I've always thought, well, the weather gets cold, and when the weather gets cold, it knocks your immune system down and you get the flu. That's not actually the case. No. Cold weather doesn't knock your immune system down. Cold weather can actually boost your immune system in some uh, circumstance, in many circumstances. So what is it? It's got nothing to do with the cold weather. Well, actually it does because the cold weather means that we spend more time inside in close proximity to other human beings oh. and it gives us more likelihood of breathing their germs or touching something that they have touched. So we're all snuggling and sharing the flu around. And so in places where you only have two seasons, of course, flu season is during the wet season because once again people are inside more makes sense do you know i the last so here's the solution to not catching the flu this go year. outside stay outside yeah. you'll get less flu don't hug anyone yeah. yeah i did actually have the flu just in uh december but i was staying in a hotel room with somebody else who had the flu and it was like a little incubator mm-hmm. got the flu real quick then absolutely if you're on an air fl- airplane if you're sitting within uh, two or three seats of somebody who has the flu it is highly unlikely that you won't catch it i have a theory about that i have a theory that if you get on a plane sick you'll get off it healthy haven't passed your sickness on to someone else <laughs> and if you get unhealthy you will catch someone else's sickness and get off the plane sick it'd be an argument for one of those uh, face masks i reckon yeah oh yeah one of those asian face masks those yep. korean if ones if you, yeah. you have you have the flu and you're getting on the plane then definitely try yeah, a, wear face a face mask. mask and also cough into your elbow not your hand or even better cough down the front of your shirt just lift your lift your hem up and then cough into that there you go yeah because your hands are going to touch things and people are going to touch things that you've touched things and it's going to uh, door handles and shopping trolleys, one of the major places where Ew. flu is transferred. Okay, well, let's be mindful of where we stick our hands. This is Anna Beden with Knitted. Of the field, though still your life you try to build. 
Good morning and welcome back to The Breakfast Show. It's wonderful having you here with us. You've got Adele in the studio with you this morning and joining me is Pastor Lloyd Grolleman. It's wonderful having you with us, Lloyd. Yeah, thank you. I'm very glad to be on the program. Mm. Well, you're someone who has a lot of experience with media and ministry. Um, can you tell us how you got into that? Yeah, about, uh, oh, I think it might be close to 15 years ago, Pastor Carter, who is a media evangelist in the United States of America, and a friend of mine was visiting my church at the time, Warunga, and mm-hmm. he was preaching, and he was sharing some of the amazing stories of how uh, media is getting out to the whole world, especially television. And I'm listening to him, I got quite inspired, and I thought, well, if Pastor Carter can do it, why, why don't we? <laughs> That's so, a good point. Yeah, I might have made a bit of a mistake, actually, um, structurally, because I just got up in front of the church a week later without taking it to the board or the business meeting, and I said, we're going to start our television ministry. Mm-hmm. And fortunately, most of them came along with us. And so about... Um, about 2005, that's when the seed was started, and I think it was probably a year or so later that we really started to get into television here in Sydney. Hmm. Um, that's exciting. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. Very exciting. So what sort of things did were you doing with television at that point? Well, it was quite a miracle, really, because when we started off, we had no money, um, and I had no idea how we were going to do it. I had no idea about television, no media experience. I had no idea where we would even uh, televise our program. Mm. Um, but what we did is, is I took it to the church. Uh, within a couple of weeks, we'd raised about $10,000, and that was a lot of money back then. Yeah, we went even now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It is. I'd like $10,000 right now. It'd be handy, wouldn't it? <laughs> we, <laughs> We went out into to, to, uh, and began to film our, our church services. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we started to look for a platform and we found out, and, and I can't even remember this that long ago, that there was a channel in Sydney called TVS. And TVS put, and it was a Sydney-wide channel, so it reached the entire Sydney population. It was free to air on the same band that Channel 9, 7 and 10 and ABC are on. Okay. And... We found out that they were offering one spot to a church. And so we, with another 100 churches, it was over 100 churches, applied for that spot. And we had no right to get it, but we took it to God. And God is a huge God. And uh, it just amazed me, to our surprise, we got the contract. Oh, that's incredible. uh, It's a real answer to prayer. It was an answer to prayer. And uh, so we then began to film weekly on... TVS right across Sydney, mm. and um, that was really quite exciting. And it, it was it was sad for us um, a few years ago when TVS actually closed down because it was a really good platform and it was free. We didn't pay a cent for it, um, and it was a really good platform. And we had thousands and thousands of people watching every Sunday morning our program on TVS, and people coming to Christ. In fact, the first guy who came to Jesus through TVS through this ministry was a guy called Wally and he ended up coming to Warunga doing Bible studies, became an Adventist and he now works on our television team. So oh, that's, that's incredible. It really yeah, is. Yeah. It's amazing to think though, just the, I guess almost, you know, you think, oh, it's a TV program, what impact can it have? But obviously it's, you know, something that really changed lives. Yeah. Well, the media, 
it's, it's, things have changed a lot since then, and the media has actually become more and more accessible. Mm. And I can't imagine why there would be not a church in all of Australia, whether it's Adventist or otherwise, who is not live streaming because that yeah. is just that's such an that opportunity. Just a, yeah, it is. It's a free window straight into your community, mm. and you can reach just a simple church with no budget. Live streaming, so they would have a television, uh, not a television, sorry, they would have a camera, mm. they would have a, a computer and some sort of router. They can get to their community very effectively. And mm. so media, it's changed a lot since those days. Yeah, it's, actually, it's more, you know, uh, democratic now in many ways. You know, there's so many yep. platforms that people can use, you know, whether they're sharing things on Instagram or Facebook or Snapchat or whatever else. Um, or yep. if they're, you know, they have a YouTube channel or Vimeo or anything yep. like that. There's so many opportunities. Look, in the last two weeks, we've just started an online mission mm. on our... YouTube and Facebook channels and in two weeks we've had over 57,000 people viewing our program. Oh, that's fantastic. And that's all that's all around the world and I actually reckon online is more powerful than free-to-air terrestrial television now mm. because we have generations of kids, youth, who aren't watching TV anymore but they yeah. are online. Yeah, and, and I think uh, too with, with online you consume media at your own pace where, you know, you can binge it or you yeah. can pause it and come back to it and, yeah, you're not tired that's to right. anything. Actually, mm. that's interesting you say that because when we do our on the online evangelism mission, we only have 20 to 50 live viewers. Mm. But, 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 but by the time it's been on for a week, it's up somewhere between 30 and 40 and some, sometimes up to 50,000 viewers. Mm. Um, and so you're quite right. It's not that people watch it live. It's there for them to watch in their own time. When they and can. And look, it's just mm. very, very powerful medium. I'm, I'm amazed at the way God has opened it up for us. Mm. And so whereabouts are you based nowadays? Um, about three years ago, the conference came to me and I'd been in Warunga. Um, church, which is one of the main churches in Adventism in Australia. Mm. I've been there for 14 years, which is a long time. And it they is. Said, yeah, it is. It said it's time you shifted. And so they shifted me to a church plant. And we started off with about eight people. And we now have three to 400 people attending every week. And that's wow. on the back. Yep, it is a wow story. And it's on the back of... Um, the, the blessings of the Holy Spirit. So you mm. put that right out. But sometimes I look back and I think, man, I don't know how this happened. It mm. just happened. And that's how the Holy Spirit works. But it's also on the back of media where we, we very strongly, almost aggressively, and that might be the wrong word, but we pursue media, and I'm talking about live streaming and, and television. Mm. So we do do free-to-air television still. We're on Hope Channel. Mm-hmm. Um, we've done some work with 3ABN. Not, not a lot of 3ABN, mostly on Hope Channel. Mm. But we also... Um, uh, do at least one contract a year on free-to-air television. We just oh, finished good. one on, yeah, we just finished one on Gem, which is affiliate of Channel Nine. And when mm-hmm. we finished it, it was one of, if not the largest viewing religious programs in Australia on secular television. Oh, that's awesome. So again, yeah, really big blessings from God, and we know it, and we praise Him, and we honour Him, and we know we have little to do with it except we are open to be used. And mm. I think that's all God asked for. Yeah, I think that is the point, you know, where it's like, you know, you're not doing it for your own glory and you're not doing it for yourself, but, you know, it's all about working with God and letting God work with you. 
if you get too proud about it, and it can happen when you're into this sort of evangelism where it's quite in, in the profile. Of profile. Yeah, mm. it's quite public. If you, for a minute, begin to think it's you or you start to get proud, uh, God will bring you down and that ministry will cease to exist as a powerful entity for his cause. He can only use people who are humble. And I think mm. we all, you know, we all honestly have problems with pride and, and God is God is very good at teaching us lessons um, about why we should not be proud. <laughs> he, he disciplines us. He disciplines, disciplines us, and people don't like that word, but he disciplines us sternly, mm. but I say he also disciplines us fairly and gently. Yeah, and I think sometimes too we forget that, you know, we have to go through some painful times to grow as well. Yeah, we do. Mm. We do. Actually, when we went to this um, new church, we left all the television equipment at Warunga because they've continued their own television ministry oh, there. Mm. And, and we had nothing. And oh, so starting from scratch again. <laughs> yeah, we didn't have a thing, but I kind of got used to God working miracles. Mm. And I, was, I, I was getting married and I was on my honeymoon and the guy who came with me, Andrew Hunt, who's our producer director um, for New Hope Adventist Television, he rings me up on my honeymoon while I'm on a boat cruise and he says, i got a guy I, I've got to go and do a job for. He's a friend. Can I do it? And I said, yeah. So he goes and does this job. I don't know why he rang me up either. I'm on my honeymoon. <laughs> yeah, uh, not the time for interruptions. <laughs> yeah. A couple of days later, he rings me up. I'm thinking, I'm at breakfast on this boat off the coast of Australia. And I'm thinking, how much is this costing? <laughs> <laughs> and my wife said, yeah, 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 take the call. And it was Andrew again. He said, you'll never believe this. I went to this guy and... Um, I did this job for him. He said, I did it for free. He was a mate. And then this guy said to me, what are you doing at the moment, Andrew? And Andrew said, well, look, we've just started a new church in, in Quakers Hill in northwest Sydney. And uh, we, we, uh, that's what I'm doing. And the guy looked at him and said, well, what do you need? And Andrew's a bit of a cheeky guy, you know. And he said, oh, $50,000 would be nice. The guy walked inside and wrote him out a check for $50,000. And in one swoop, wow. through the power of God, we had all our cameras, all our sound equipment for the church, and we were up and running before that first Sabbath. That's and incredible. This ministry probably costs us half a million dollars plus a year. Mm. And I have a little church. We have 300 people attending our church, maybe 400 some weeks, but there's only 100 members because that's how many people come in as a result off the street of this media ministry mm. and I can tell you that, that half a million dollars my church probably gives 30,000 mm. and the rest just comes in and we don't even know where that money comes from wow. and I just I just I just stand back almost every week in our church amazed at how God works he is I'm telling you incredible and if you want to do stuff for him and you are serious I'm telling you God will he will provide the means he will mm. provide the means yeah Big that's so small. true Mm. And we go week we go week by week, month by month. Sometimes we get down to the last cent, and everybody's starting to worry. And after over a decade of this, I'm used to it now. I say, worry, God will provide. Yeah, it's like God's always. got this. Mm. Last year we we went to zero, and mm-hmm. we were, everyone was worried. But I just kept, don't worry, God will provide. And the money just kept. Within a couple of weeks, we had fifty thousand dollars in the account. Well, mm. less than that now, but that's just how God works. He puts mm. money in all the time. Mm. Now, if you want to share his 
if you want to share his message and you're faithful, he will provide the means. That's probably my story more than anything else. And I encourage anyone listening out there, if God's given you a vision, go for it. Don't yeah. hesitate. Yeah, because, yeah. you know, I think sometimes stepping out in faith, you know, that first time is really difficult because you're thinking, how is this going to be sustainable and, you know, how can I support it? And yep. That sort of thing. But, yeah, like I think God asks us to test him. Uh, he that almost grows our faith. Did you know that? Mm. In fact, I'd go even further. Unless you step out in faith into the void, mm. as long as God's called you to that ministry, unless yes. you step out faith into the void, I don't think you'll ever see big results. No. You've actually got to step out in faith and say, God, here I am. I'm, I, I, I've got nothing except myself, and I give you myself. I surrender everything. I'm prepared to have a go. Let's walk this journey together, and God will do it. He'll provide money. He'll provide equipment. He'll provide people around you to help. Mm. Um there's no stopping God except us. That's true. We often get in God's way really, really well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's a good reminder that we need to just, you know, embrace that, mm, well, yeah, stepping out yeah. in faith side of things. So just in our yeah, last couple of, a couple of minutes here, would you be able to share some tips for people who are maybe thinking about starting a media ministry at their local church? What can they do to engage more with people? I would say, and this is a new thing that we're even doing at our church, forget about terrestrial television, unless God's particularly called you to it. Mm. It's too, too expensive. Mm. I, would, I would encourage any person in any church to make sure your local church has got a live streaming video ministry out to the public of your community. And then what we're, we're just starting to do this, and so it's in the experimental stage. Mm. But what I reckon people should do is perhaps put out two lots of flyers a month, inviting people to their church. Mm-hmm. Say, look, we, uh, we are the local church of such and such Adventist church and we'd love you to come and have the next four sermon topics all up. Mm. Now, most people won't come from a flyer, but what you can can't make it, join us online, and for us, it's join us online at www.findjesus.tv. Mm-hmm. That's our, that's our, that's the people go to join us online. And, and so you just get, get a good, a web address like that. Mm. Or oh, use Facebook one. even. Yeah, and, and use, well, Facebook's really powerful. And you can, you can stream on Facebook. Mm-hmm. We do it every week live for free. So set up a Facebook page, yeah. probably a church Facebook page, so that people are attracted to that church. Yeah. Then you get everybody in your church to share it just before it starts. You could have a little church of 50 people, could have 10,000 people if every, watching if everybody in that church was to share just that Facebook page as they begin to worship. So it's really, um, it is really simple. Just, mm. Yeah, just just get out, be creative. And, and you know what? This is another thing I learned. It doesn't matter whether your pastor is C.D. Brooks, in other words, one of the best preachers in the world, <laughs> yes. or just an ordinary, humble little pastor who's no great preacher but does his best to advance the word. God will come in at the gift of tongues. He will translate between what the pastor out the front preaching says and what the people in your community hear and it'll be the most dynamic message they ever heard. That's a wonderful um, point to remember. Well, thank you so yeah. much for joining us this morning, Lloyd. It was wonderful talking with you and wonderful finding no out more about New Hope Adventist Television. Well, no keep on listening. We've got so much more great content coming up just after this on Faith FM. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy 